Then Imam al-Barbahari, rahmahullah, he follows it with a point which is numbered here, on page 342 of the first volume, as point number 66. He's saying, rahmahullah, وَإِذَا سَمِعْتَ الرَّجُلَ يَقْعَنُ عَلَى الْآثَارِ وَلَا يَقْبَرُهَا أَوْ يُنْكِرُ شَيْئًا مِنْ أَخْبَارِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم فاتهمه على الإسلام فإنه رجل رجيء رجي المذهب والقوم ولا يقعن على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا على أصحابه رضي الله عنهم لأن إنما عرفنا الله وعرفنا وعرفنا رسوله وعرفنا القرآن وعرفنا الخير والشر والدنيا والآخرة بالآثار فإن القرآن إلى السنة أحوج من السنة إلى القرآن فسين أب إمام البربهاري رحمه الله and if you hear a man speaking against the narrations and not accepting them if you hear a man and if you hear a man speaking against the narrations and not accepting them or denying anything from the narrations from Allah's Messenger وسلم, then doubt his Islam since he is a person having a despicable opinion and saying no attack may be made upon Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam nor upon his companions and in some of the versions the wording is slightly different the wording is slightly worded slightly differently and vowed slightly differently <coughs> to which the meaning would be something like he is only attacking Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions. Anyone who does that, then he will only be attacking Allah's Messenger and his companions. And the continuation, since we have only come to know of Allah and his Messenger and the Quran and what is good and what is bad in this world and in the hereafter by way of the narrations so the Qur'an needs the Sunnah more than the Sunnah needs the Qur'an. Shaykh Fawzan, he said in his explanation, he's saying, وَإِذَا سَمِئْتَ الرَّجُلَ يَقْعَنُ عَلَى الْآثَارِ وَلَا يَقْبَلُهَا أَوْ يُنْكِرُ شَيْئًا مِنْ أَخْبَارِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَاتَّهِمُهُ فَاتَّهِمُهُ عَلَى الْإِسْلَامِ and if you hear a man speaking against the narrations and not accepting them or denying anything from the narrations of Allah's Messenger وسلم, then doubt his Islam and just as a quick side point then Al-Shaykh Al-Suhaymi Allah mentions in regard to the narrations when he mentions the narrations of course it means the authentic narrations the authentic narrations of Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam
Al Shaykh Fazan, he said, since from the meaning of the testification that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah is ta'atuhu fima amar wa tasdiquhu fima akhbar wa ijtinabu ma naha anhu wa zajr wa la yu'badu Allah illa bima shara'ah this point is the case because from the meaning of the justification that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah is and then he gives the definition is to obey him with regard to whatever he commanded and to believe him regarding whatever he informed of and to avoid whatever he forbade and prohibited and that Allah is not worshipped except with that which he legislated. Sheikh Razan said, after mentioning this definition, he said, this is the meaning of the testification that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. In a crucial point here, that is its meaning. Of the testification that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Then he said, and Allah the Majestic and Most High says, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Surah Al-Hashr, the 59th Surah, Ayah 7 With the explanation And whatever the Messenger gives you Then accept it And take it And whatever he forbids you from Then keep away from it And of course the second Ayah يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَقِيُوا اللَّهَ وَأَقِيُوا الرَّسُولُونَ Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, ayah 59. Further ayah with regard to obedience to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with the explanation, O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger. Shaykh Fawzan said, So what is wajib, what is obligatory upon the Muslim? Is that he complies with is that he complies with whatever occurs in the ahadith from Allah's Messenger, from Allah Since they are the second revelation after the Quran, because the fundamental evidences in Islam upon which there is agreement are, firstly the Qur'an secondly the prophetic sunnah and thirdly consensus al-ijma'ah he said these evidences it is not permissible for a person to say I will not accept as evidence except the Qur'an alone and I will not accept the Sunnah as evidence as is said by the Khawarij and whoever follows their way and they say that the Qur'an is mutawatir Qur'an is reported by huge numbers of people at every level of transmission so huge, so huge they could not have gathered together upon a lie mutawatir so they say the Qur'an is mutawatir and is rendered secure from deficiencies. But as for the Sunnah, 
then it is what is narrated by narrators and is therefore open to deficiencies Sheikh Fazan responds to this and says this this saying here this is to accuse the whole ummah the whole nation and its scholars and the companions and the tabi'een those who conveyed the narrations it is to accuse them of lacking in reliability and of lacking in trustworthiness whereas the Prophet ﷺ informed about those people saying I mean, those people who bring the like of this, this, this claim this saying he said the Prophet ﷺ informed about those people in his saying يُوشِكُ رَجُلٌ شَبْعَانُ عَلَىٰ عَيْكَتِهِ يَقُولُ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَكُمْ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ فَمَا وَجَدْنَا فِيهِ مِنْ حَلَالٍ اسْتَحْلَلْنَاهُ وَمَا وَجَدْنَا فِيهِ مِنْ حَرَامٍ حَرَّمْنَاهُ ثم قال صلى الله عليه وسلم أنا وإني أوتيت القرآن ومثله معه He said, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said It will soon occur that a man who is full with a full belly <coughs> will be upon his couch will be reclining upon his couch and will say between us and you there is the book of Allah the mighty and majestic so whatever we find in it to be permissible then we will take it to be permissible and whatever we find in it to be forbidden then we will take it as being forbidden then he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said indeed I have been given the Quran and the like of it along with it the sunnah of Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the like of it along with it in a footnote they mention this hadith is reported by Imam Ahmad and Ad-Darimi and Abu Dawood and Al-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Ibn Hibban and Al-Hakim from a hadith of Al-Miqdam Ibn Ma'adi Karib radiyallahu anhu Al-Tirmidhi said the hadith is Hassan Gharib and it has one chain of narration which is Hassan which is good and Al-Hakim said his chain of narration is Sahih authentic as a side point Shaykh Al-Albani in his checking of Abu Dawood declared this hadith to be Sahih authentic then Shaykh Razan said, but he had further narration. He said, and he, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he alayhi salatu wasallam said, نَضَّرَ اللَّهُمْ رَأَنْ سَمِعَ مَقَالَتِي تَوْعَاهَا وَبَلَّغَهَا كَمَا سَمِعَهَا فَرُبَّ مُبَلَّغٍ أَوْعَا مِنْ سَامِعٍ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, May Allah make bright the face of a person who hears my saying and he retains it and he conveys it just as he heard it or sometimes one who has something conveyed to him may better comprehend it than one who actually heard it in a footnote they mention this hadith is reported by Imam Ahmad and Ibn Majah and Ibn Abi Asim 
in his book As-Sunnah and Ibn Hibban from a hadith and others besides from a hadith of Zayd ibn Thabit radiallahu anh and declared Sahih authentic by Al-Busayri in Misbah al-Zujajah and again Shaykh Wabani declared this hadith Sahih authentic then Shaykh Qazan said mentioned a further evidence he said and he alayhi salatu wassalam said and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said when he gave the khutbah, the address in Arafah on the day of Arafah for the night of Al-Hijjah in the final Hajj لِيُبَلِّجِ الشَّاهِدُ مِنْكُمْ الْغَائِبُ he said let the one who witnesses amongst you convey to the one who is absent in a quote that they mentioned that this hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, both of them from a hadith of Abu Bakrah radiallahu anhu. And Muslim as hadith number 1679. Bukhari mentions the number 67, which may or may not be correct. Then Shaykh Wazan said, So the one who heard conveys from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is a trust, an amana. This is a trust which was established by the narrators of, of hadith and by the men of hadith. May Allah reward them with good. Amen. And they protected the prophetic sunnah from foreign things and from lies. And they conveyed it pure and clear. Just as it came from the Prophet faithfully and this is from the miracles of this messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the way that it's been preserved generation by generation it's been preserved <coughs> as it came from the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said so the sunnah is not an arena for withholding or for making accusations Rather, it is obligatory to believe it, and it is obligatory to act upon it, just as it is obligatory to act upon the Quran, because it is wahi, it is revelation from Allah. He said, He the Most High said, with regard to the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, وَمَا يَمْتِكُ وَمَا يَمْتِكُ عَلَى الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَى Surah Al-Najm, 53rd Surah, Ayahs 3 to 4 <coughs> with explanation that he, the Messenger وسلم, he does not speak from his desires it is just revelation inspired Shaykh Razan said so the Ahadith a revelation from Allah even though their wordings are from the Messenger As for the Quran that its wording and its meaning is from Allah the Majestic and Most High and as for the Sunnah and the prophetic Ahadith then their meaning is from Allah and their wordings are from the speech of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Who does not speak 
from his own desires. So his sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wordings are preserved from error and are true and are not open to doubt. So whoever denies the sunnah then he is a kafir. He is a, he is a disbeliever because he has discontinued the second fundamental. And Shaykh Bazan said, and the Quran must have the Sunnah because it explains it and clarifies it. In the Quran, we have to have the Sunnah along with the Quran because the Sunnah explains the Quran and clarifies the meaning of the Quran. And he gives it, gives it evidence. وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ Surah Al-Nahl, the 16th Surah, Ayah 44 with the explanation and this ayah being an address to the Prophet and we have sent down to you the reminder, the Quran for you to then explain to the people that which was sent down to them Shaykh Al-Fawzan said so the Sunnah clarifies the Quran and explains the Quran because the Quran comes with some things which are mujmala which are unspecified such as the prayer the salah and the zakat and the hajj and siyam fasting I mean the command, in other words, the command for these things is there in the Quran. <coughs> but how to perform them is not mentioned in the Quran. So he said, so the Quran comes with some things which are unspecified, such as the prayer, and the zakat, and the hajj, and fasting. The sunnah explains them and clarifies them. It explains the zakat and its amounts. And fasting, when it is to begin, and when it is to end, and the rights of Hajj, how a person should perform Hajj. So he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, "Litakhudu anni manasikakum." He, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said, "Take your rights of Hajj from me." In a footnote, they mention. This is reported by Muslim in his Sahih, as Hadith 1297, from the Hadith of Jabir, in the long and famous Hadith of Jabir describing the Hajj. Take your rights of Hajj from me. Shaykh Fazan said, and he said, and the Prophet also said, Sallu kama ra'itumuni usalni. He said, Pray just as you have seen me praying. The footnote I mentioned, reported by Al Bukhari, and it should be as hadith number 631, and that being the wording of Al Bukhari, and reported by Muslim as hadith 674, from Malik ibn al Huwayrith. Shaykh Fawzan said, Allah the Most High said, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ Surah Al-Ahzab, the 33rd Surah, Ayah 21. 
with the explanation that is indeed for you in Allah's Messenger a fine pattern of conduct that is in Allah's Messenger for you a fine pattern of conduct to follow so the Sunnah therefore explains the Quran and clarifies it and indicates it and the person who says I will act upon the Quran but I will not act upon the Sunnah he is a kadhab he is a liar for he, will, for he has not acted upon the Quran because the Quran has within it وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Surah Al-Hashr same ayat came before Surah Al-Hashr the 59th Surah Ayah 7 with the explanation and whatever the messenger gives you then take it and whatever he forbids you from then desist Shaykh Razan said and there is within it وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ Again, the ayah from before, Surah Najm, the 53rd surah, ayahs 3 to 4, with the explanation. And he, the Messenger, sallallahu does not speak from his own desires. It is just revelation inspired. He said, and there is within it that it clarifies it. In the Quran, it is stated that the Sunnah clarifies it, clarifies the Quran. Again, the ayah that came before, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ Surah Al-Nahl, the 16th Surah, Ayah 44 With explanation And we sent down to you to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the reminder, the Quran so that you should then make clear to the people clarify to the people what has been sent down to them Shaykh Razan said so when he, he leaves off acting upon the sunnah when a person does that then he has not acted upon the Quran which he claims that he acts upon in other words that's automatic anyone who says that I will only act upon the Quran but not upon the sunnah then he's a liar he has not even acted upon the Quran he's disregarded the like of all of these ayahs then Shaykh Razan said mentioning a different category of people and from the people are some who make a distinction between the ahadith and who say the hadith which is mutawatir brings about knowledge in a hadith which has so many narrators at every level of transmission that it's impossible they could have got together and invented it they classify as a hadith mutawatir so these people say the hadith which is mutawatir brings about knowledge own. but the hadith which is ahad which doesn't reach that level <coughs> it only amounts to van surmise uncertainty uncertain knowledge Shaykh Razan so they make a distinction which they take you the vast majority of hadith which are not mutawatir only a very few are mutawatir but we will accept those ones that amounts to knowledge all the rest of the hadith which don't reach the level of being mutawatir then they say 
That's how many master of them. Surmise. Sheikh Rosan said, and this is vatil, false and futile. Because everything which is authentic from the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and which is established, it amounts to knowledge. It brings about ilm, knowledge. Whether it is mutawatir or ahad, and whether it's reported by many, many people at every level, or only a few, or less than that at every level. I mean, as long as it's authentic, as long as it's established from the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it doesn't make any difference. It amounts to knowledge, ilm. So there is no distinction to be made between the level of proof of the hadith which is authentic. It is obligatory to comply with all of it and to act upon it without any distinction. Then he said, and the Sufis also do not act upon the Sunnah. Indeed, not even upon the Quran. They only act upon their own tastes and their own feelings. And they say, we take from Allah directly. And we do not take by way of the Messenger. Because we have reached Allah. So therefore we have no need of the Messenger And the Messenger, continuing with their saying, these extreme Sufis, and the Messenger is just for the common folk, those who have not yet reached Allah. <coughs> Shaykh Razan said, and this is from the most baseless falsehood and the most open disbelief and Allah's refuge is sought. To say that we don't bother with narrations, narrations are just, you're just taking from one, one person who has died, from another person who has died, all the way back to someone who died. Whereas we, we take directly from Allah. We take from the ever living one who never dies, directly, they say. We're liars. Sheikh Bozan said, this is the most baseless falsehood and the most open disbelief, most open kufr, and Allah's refuge is sought. Then he said, he's saying, Al Yunkiru Shaytan or he denies anything. Shaykh Rasan said, whoever denies the Sunnah in general and says the Sunnah is not to be acted upon, only the Quran is to be acted upon, or who denies a part of the Sunnah, which is the authentic hadith, and says they are not to be acted upon. And some of them, some of them say, hadith is not acted upon, except with the condition that it conforms to the Quran. And some of them make this condition: we won't act upon a hadith unless we find, we look at it, and we can compare it with the Quran, and we find that it conforms with the Quran. Then we'll act upon it. Sheikh Razan said, and this is batil, false and futile and is an accusation against the Messenger وسلم, that he may bring something which contradicts the Qur'an so this saying is not permissible <coughs> then Shaykh Razan he rebuts it by saying 
the Messenger وسلم, sometimes came with things which were not in the Quran such as the prohibition of being married to a woman along with her paternal aunt and her maternal aunt she said this is not in the Quran in this ruling that we get from the authentic sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, he forbade that a man should marry a woman and along with her marry her paternal aunt or her maternal aunt the authentic sunnah is found this does not, the Shaykh said, this does not occur in the Quran the Quran contains a prohibition of being married to two sisters whereas the messenger said لا يجمع بين المرأة وعمتها ولا بين المرأة وخالتها he said a man may not combine a woman and her paternal aunt nor between a woman and her maternal aunt in a footnote they mentioned this hadith is reported by al-Bukhari in his sahih the reference should be hadith 5109 and reported by Muslim as hadith 1408 from Abu Hurairah the Shaykh said so it is obligatory to act upon whatever the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said then he said his saying فَاتَّهِمْهُ عَلَى الْإِسْلَامِ فَإِنَّهُ رَجُلٌ رَدِيءٌ مَذْهَبُ وَالْقَوْلِ If you find a person doing any of this, rejecting the narrations from, narrations from Allah's Messenger وسلم, or denying anything from them, then, then doubt his Islam, literally accuse his Islam, for he is a man who is despicable in his position and his saying. Sheikh Rawzan said the person who says this either he will be from the Khawarij or he will be from the Jahmiya and the Muqtazira or he will be from the Sufis those who claim that they have no need of the Ahadith because they have reached Allah and they take from Allah directly and they say you people take your religion from someone who is dead from someone who is dead but we take from the ever living one who never dies and what those evil doing Sufis what they mean by that of course is that the narrators of, of Hadith the compilers of the books of Hadith have died died many centuries ago they took from a narrator who died many centuries ago all the way back to the messenger that you take from a dead person from a dead person from a dead person whereas we they claim and they lie we take directly from Allah, the ever-living one. Shaykh Razan said, He's saying, وَلَا يُقْعَنُوا عَلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ وَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ أَصْحَابِهِ And no accusation may be made against Allah's Messenger وسلم, nor against his companions. He said, No accusation may be made against Allah's Messenger وسلم, because he is rendered secure from error secure from error by Allah the majestic and most high so the person who accuses the messenger or attacks him and says that he follows his desires or that he behaves unjustly or that he oppresses and the like of that 
then this one is a kafir a disbeliever in Allah the mighty and majestic and just as a small side point here then Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi rahimahullah he mentioned here he said I say no one makes an attack upon Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam except kafirun or munafiq except one who is a disbeliever or a hypocrite and the Quran has recorded for us from the hypocrites and likewise from the disbelievers the attacks that they made upon Allah's Messenger and he mentions the different ayahs mentioning what they said the attacks they made upon the Messenger then Shaykh Razan said and likewise the person who makes an attack upon the companions the companions of the Messenger because Allah is pleased with them and has praised them and the Prophet was pleased with them and praised them and repeated words of praise upon them and they were the best of generations he said the best of you are my generation the beginning, in the beginning of a hadith in the footnote they mentioned this hadith is reported by al-Bukhari and the reference should be hadith 3650 and reported by Muslim as Hadith 2535 from a Hadith of Imran ibn al and the wording being that of Al-Bukhari then Shaykh Razan brings the further evidence and said and he alayhi salatu wassalam said لَا تَسُبُّوا أَصْحَابِي فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَوْ أَنْفَقَ أَحَدُكُمْ مِثْلُ أُخُدٍ ذَهَبًا مَا ذَلَغَ مُدَّ أَحَدِهِمْ وَلَا نَصِيبًا he said, do not abuse my companions for by the one in whose hand is my soul if one of you were to spend the like of Uhud in gold it would not reach even a handful of one of them not even a half of it, it wouldn't even reach a mud originally a man held in the hands and they mentioned them roughly about not point half a kilo 0.51 kilos one of you were to spend the like of Uhud the huge mountain of Uhud in gold it wouldn't even reach a handsful amount of one of them not even a half of it in a footnote they mention this hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari and also reported by Muslim and the Muslim reference is hadith 2540 from a hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri Shaykh Fazan said he the Most High said وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اَتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوهًا فَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِيمٍ نَحْتَهَ الْأَنْهَارِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمِ Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 100 He mentions here ayahs in praise of the companions and the first and foremost ones from the Muhajireen and the Ansar and those who followed them upon good Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him and He has prepared for them gardens of paradise beneath which rivers flow they will remain there ever they will remain forever therein that is the tremendous success because the second eye with regard to them 
لقد رضي الله عن المؤمنين إذ يبايعونك تحت الشجرة سورة الفتح 48 سورة 18 with the explanation Allah was pleased with the believers when they gave you the pledge beneath the tree Shaykh Fazan said beneath the tree is the tree where the pledge the bayah was given at Hudaybiyah in the pledge that the companions gave to the Prophet in the sixth year after the Hijrah the pledge of Hudaybiyah Bayah Surah Al-Duan and of course a further ayah in the same surah or the continuation rather of the ayah فَعَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَعَنْزَلَ السَّكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَثَابَهُمْ فَتْحًا فَتْحًا قَرِيبًا same surah Surah Fatih 48 surah ayah 18 the explanation so he knew what was in their hearts and he sent down tranquility upon them and he rewarded them with a victory close at hand then Shaykh Razan said and he said at the end of the surah Muhammadun Rasulullah walladheena ma'ahu part of the ayah and the Shaykh brings part of the ayah and explains it this part with the explanation Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and those who are with him Shaykh Razan said meaning the companions the Sahaba Ashidda'u ala al-kuffari ruhama'u baynahum tarahum rukka'an sujjadan yabtaruna fadlan min Allahi wa ridwana سيماهم في وجوههم من أثر السجود ذلك مخرهم في التوراة شرفوزان إسفاس الآية بالإسلاشن those who are with him those who are with the messenger companions they are stern against the disbelievers merciful amongst themselves you will see them bowing and prostrating seeking the bounty of Allah and his pleasure their sign will be upon their faces from the trace of from the trace of prostration. That is their description in the Tawrat. Shaykh Razan said, meaning their description which is mentioned in the Tawrat. Wamakaruhum fil Injil part of the eye of the explanation. And their description in the Injil. Shaykh Razan said. Meaning their description in the Injil, which was sent down to Isa, is كزر إن أخرج شقه فأزره فاستغلظ فاستوى على سوقه يؤجب الزراء ليغيذ بهم الكفار سورة الفتح 48 سورة آية 29 with the explanation that they are like a plant which sends out a side shoot which strengthens it and it becomes firm and stands straight upon its stalk the sowers are pleased at it so that the disbelievers should become enraged at them Shaykh Fazan said so this shows in this ayah is an example a description about the a description of the companions so the Shaykh said so this shows that the person who becomes enraged at the companions or who hates them he is a kafir he is a disbeliever لِيَغِيذَ بِهِمُ الْكُفَّارِ as is shown by the, by the end of the ayah the explanation so that the disbelievers should become enraged at them but Shaykh Razan he mentions the same evidence as was used by Imam Malik that this ayah is a proof of the disbelief of the Rafida, the Rafida Shia those who hate the companions it's a proof that they are disbelievers 
because they have no doubt are enraged and, and hate, have hatred for the companions. And back to what Shaykh Fawzan said, so he said, so whoever is enraged at the companions or hates them, he is a disbeliever. The Aziza is not good for the explanation, so the disbelievers should become enraged at them. And he said, he's saying, لِأَنَّا إِنَّمَا عَرَفْنَا اللَّهَ وَعَرَفْنَا رَسُولَهُ وَعَرَفْنَا الْقُرْآنَ وَعَرَفْنَا الْخَيْرَ وَالشَّرَّةِ وَالدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ بِالْآثَارِ because we have only come to know of Allah and we have come to know of His Messenger and we have come to know of the Qur'an and we know of good and evil and this world and the hereafter by way of the Akhar of the narrations Shaykh Fazan said by way of the narrations which they narrated and they are the Ahadith which they reported from Allah's Messenger so whoever makes an attack upon them is making an attack upon the Islamic legislation because it was narrated in that case by narrators who were liars and who were not trustworthy and whoever wants to attack those who narrated the hadith those who narrated the sunnah whoever wants to make an attack upon them is attacking the whole Islamic legislation because the same people narrated it he said because in accordance with their saying it was narrated by narrators who are liars and are not trustworthy and this is the intent of the Jews and the Magians to plot against the Muslims so a group of them abuse the companions and their intent is to abolish the Sharia Islamic legislation for if they can abolish its carriers and its narrators and they can attack the best ones of this nation then they're attacking other than, other than the companions is even more likely then he finished with the last phrase and said he's saying for indeed the Quran has more need of the Sunnah than the Sunnah has for the Quran Shaykh Fazan said the Quran has more need of the Sunnah as we have mentioned, because the Sunnah explains and gives explanation of the Qur'an so there are some things left unexplained in the Qur'an which have been explained in the Sunnah so Allah has commanded the prayer but He has not made clear the number of its rakas and He has not made clear in the Qur'an the description of the prayer and this was made clear by the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli pray as you have seen me praying hadith which preceded the hadith reported by Bukhari and Muslim Shaykh said the hajj comes in the Quran mujmalan the hajj comes unexplained in the Quran and its explanation was left to the Messenger so he performed Hajj with the Muslims in the farewell Hajj and he said take your rights of Hajj from me Hadith reported by Muslim as Hadith 1297 as it came before from a Hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhu Shaykh Fawzan said meaning learn from my actions and my sayings 
what will enable you to carry out your rites of pilgrimage. He said, and Allah the Majestic and Most High says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَلِيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Surah Al-Ahzab, 33rd Surah, Ayah 21, with the explanation. There is for you in Allah's Messenger a fine example for whomever has hope in Allah and in the last day and who, men- and who makes mention of Allah a great deal. Shaykh Bazan finished by saying so the Quran has need of the Sunnah for it to clarify it so the person who accepts the Quran only then he will cut off the, he will cut off the Quran from that which explains and clarifies it and this is the goal of the people of misguidance and those who have deviation in their hearts because the people of deviation accept one part of the evidences and they leave the other part which explains it and clarifies it off and they take one part of the evidences which are unclear and they leave the clear and decisive part which clarifies it and explains it and they take only that which is unclear this is the way of the people of deviation and the way of those who (coughs) pretend to have knowledge and ignorant ones those who claim knowledge and those who do not know the correct way of deriving evidence nor the principles of establishing proof so they make forbidden and they declare things lawful without any insight and Allah's refuge is sought because they have not followed al-manhaj al-ilmi the correct knowledge based methodology rather they have just learned by themselves or from their own books or with those who are ignorant like themselves <laughs>